to the Less Glove, More Fist podcast. With me, Coach Bronson. And me, Coach Nat. Where we peel back the curtains and reveal the truth behind hot topics in health and fitness. This is Keto Fit Life. Unfiltered. Unfiltered. What's going on, guys? Coach Bronson here and Coach Nat. Hi, Coach Nat. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? And I'm doing great. This is the first time we're doing this. It's going to be probably really awkward as we try to figure out what we're doing. It won't be awkward. It's us. <laughs> this is the welcome to the Keto Fit Life Unfiltered, Unfiltered podcast. We still got to get used to saying that name. Um, this is our first episode, and we basically um, both of us have very professional personas as coaches uh, on our different platforms Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all the different places we are. And we try to appeal to a very broad audience. And sometimes that means we have to filter some of the things that we say. Good choice consider, of words. Consider how things will be received. Bing, bing, bing. Um, and also, we have to make sure that there's a lot of context in what we're putting in. And that's going to be the topic of our, of our discussion today is how context plays in. Context plays into everything. But... Um, we decided to do, why did we decide to do this podcast, Coach Nat? Because sitting around the house and chit-chatting with each <laughs> other, we tend to rant. No, not at all. We don't <laughs> rant. We let off steam with one another about things that burn us up that we see out there in the space. Yes. And then we riff. Yeah. And it can go on for a while. Yeah. And... And the but the energy is so good, right? And it, we get hype, and then we get ideas, and then content flows from there. But we thought it would be really cool to basically take what we do at home and bring it to the masses, so they can get you all can get a little taste of our passion for what we talk about, yeah. And the unfiltered raw discussion not so i was talking to the guy that's going to be doing jack heel the guy that's going to be doing our intro so the okay. voice you heard on the first on um, this before we actually started talking that's jack and he asked for like how would you describe what you want the podcast to be <laughs> right so i wrote I, I gave him a bunch of different you know a little couple blurbs and bullets and things and i said really i said and i four words less glove more fist <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. So this there there may be some things that you guys are not used to hearing from us um, in the a little bit of the emotion um, because we do get fired up. Things. A we lot care, of the emotion. <laughs> we care a lot about making sure that you guys are getting information that is going to help and not confuse. Yes. That is going to help you move forward and not hold you back because you're trying something that is just plain old, not going to friggin' work. Yep. Um, and then there's also in that something that we do filter often in our normal daily content um, is language and things like that. So if there's some F bombs or <laughs> other things that drop out of our mouths, parental, here, advisory. parental advisory, explicit language. Yeah. Then just understand that's, um, us kind of being a little bit more relaxed and unfiltered. This is right? us behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. How we? How do we really feel? <laughs> when uh, people stop being polite yeah. <laughs> and start getting real. 
Yeah, realist. I mean, yeah, we we it, and it's not. Here's the thing: it's not that we're not authentic in our other other platforms because we're still very much talking about things that we're passionate about. We're just trying to deliver it in a way that is a little bit more accessible to more people. That's a beautiful um, way of saying it. Right. We it's, also don't want to step on toes, so right. We can be a little careful about the way we when we're presenting content in an organized fashion. There you go. This will be unorganized. Right? Free, <laughs> Pre-contemplated, pre-recorded. Right. I think Planned we, out ahead. We riff out a little bit more when we're live on our lives, but in our pre-recorded um, or content that we're planning in advance, yeah. we don't necessarily, we don't call people out. We don't do the clickbaity responses to what we're seeing out there. But at home, it drives uh, us a up a wall and yeah. we just... We vent to one another about it. Um, but we were doing that the other night, and Bronson said, hey, I have a crazy idea. Because like, those never if, happen. What if we shared this? Yeah. This, well, what's happening between us right now, yeah. is shared this with the world. I think that, honestly, a lot of what we say to each other needs to be said, Somewhere. not just here. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. It needs to be... And that was it. Literally, we're sitting on the couch, which, you know, often will be at the end of the day, we'll be sitting on the couch across from each other. She'll be looking at client feedback or something like that. And she'll, something will pop up and she'll be like, oh my God, I, this is just so frustrating when I see people get stuck in a loop or stuck in this limiting belief or they got this information and it's not what they need to be listening to. They need to be doing this. And, and, and I do the same thing. I'll talk about a conversation I had with somebody or a post I saw that somebody, you know, Oh my gosh, Bronson spends so much, honestly, (laughs) he spends more time than I do in the groups, but we both get into the groups and we see things in groups that just, if people are getting it wrong, there's just a lot of misinformation being spread and confusing people. And I see it with my clients getting confused and then I get upset about it. Well, let's talk about that because I don't know if misinformation is most of the time. There are times where information is just flat out wrong. That is not how it works. Right. right? So the the topic of tonight today's talk was from was from this exactly. Right. It's not necessarily wrong information or bad information on its, its own. It's just taken out of context and it is used widespread and and promoted that everyone should be doing x y or z and we understand we have the educational background to understand how to read the context of things that are put out in the space whether it's a study or a book that somebody wrote or protocol we understand the nuance and the mechanisms behind that and why these things are working and when someone should or should not be applying them to their own context. And I think that's a passion of both of ours that as coaches, we want to help other people figure out what's going to work best for them and considering them as a whole person and every piece of the puzzle with them. That's why we love coaching. And that's what coaching is. Yeah. Coaching is helping people apply context and context works in two ways. There's the context of the, well, it's actually kind of three ways. There's the context of the person delivering the message, 
where are they coming from? What is their background? Who are they used to working with? What are the goals and the things that they uh, usually try to work towards, right? And that's different. If you have a doctor who specializes in metabolic health versus a doctor who specializes in weight loss versus a family practitioner versus a uh, heart surgeon versus a former chiropractor. I mean, everybody's got different backgrounds. So they're going to give different information because they're all working towards different goals. So context from the source is number one. The second one is the information itself. What is the context of the information? Where did it come from? How was it derived? And how should it be applied? Yes. That's the third one. Yes. Or second one. That's the second one. third one is you as the person (laughs) receiving the information. Where are you? What are your goals? What's your past been? What are the things you're you're currently working through? Uh, We can get into mindset. We can get into lifestyle, routine. What are you um, ready, willing, and able to do? There's so many different things that go into the individual context that- most people just look at information and go, oh, I should do that and have no concept of how it's actually going to affect their lives. So there's three levels of context. And at least two of those are most always in any of the three, pick two, they're, you're, you're probably not applying the right context to some part of that. that absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think something to consider is when you're going online and you're jumping into forums or Facebook groups, discussions, and people post questions with zero context. With zero context. Or they're not even asking real questions. That's a whole, well, we can, that's a whole other. And then everyone in the comments is giving suggestions. Right. Now, most of the people in the co- in the comments giving suggestions without asking it for any further context are not professionals. And are not someone that you should even be listening to. And if they are professionals advice. and they're not asking for context, they shouldn't. They're not professionals. They're not they good professionals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So, so you as a as an individual seeking advice or guidance for what you specifically are going through, the best thing you can do in this case is provide as much context as you can about your situation when you ask questions. So at least whoever's on the other end of that question, even if it is in a discussion group, that's nothing more than just your peers, other people who are struggling through this, this journey with you. First of all, remember who's in that group with you and that, you may, may not, you, you may, may not, not get good yeah. advice because be they're struggling too. Yeah. Yeah. Or, but then also consider the more context you give them, the better whoever they are, they could actually answer and give you something that's helpful. Or if you. they don't have an answer, at least with context that gives them more information that they can look for. Maybe they heard or read or watched something else that they go, ooh, this matches the information that was just given. So and an example is, uh, we see a question. What's some of the questions we see all the time? Somebody comes in, uh, I've been keto for six months and I'm 50 years old. How much protein should I have? Right. <laughs> what? How, how no is somebody going to answer that question? The only people who will answer that question are people taking the blanket statements that they've heard out there right. and applying it to everyone and saying everyone should do this. Yeah. Which, there's a red flag right there. Whenever you see anyone 
out there saying everyone should do X, Y, Z, probably not a good idea. Mm-hmm. There's very little that every single person in the world can do the exact same way and get results with. Yeah. And it, it, we can talk about concepts and methodologies because you could say that everyone should be looking for, when it comes to nutrition, the most nutrient-dense, the most bioavailable, and the most satiating foods. That's a concept that is not a tool. But right? also, the you... only person I ever hear talking about that is Bronson. So <laughs> most of the time, you're not going to hear people saying right. that. You're going to hear people saying, you should eat X amount of protein, or you should eat this ratio of fat to pro- protein. And that's something that's very specific. It is. And, and, where, and where we go from there is, what is the context? Okay, you're 60 years old. You've been keto for six months. How much do you weigh? What's your body fat percentage? How active are you? What are your goals? What are Where your are goals? you trying to go? What have you done in the past? Like there's there's seven or eight different questions that need to be asked in order to give an appropriate response. So the <laughs> guidelines are great, and but we don't know what that person's already done. Maybe every guideline that they receive based off that minimal set of information is all the stuff they've already tried and none of it's worked. We don't know that. We don't, nobody asks. Well, okay. So, you know, the thing that really got me thinking about this topic was the debate out there right now that, (laughs) and it's not even, it's not even a, it's a debate, but it's not even a debate. I see two separate camps, Mm -hmm. two very extreme camps, and everybody's always asking which of these two camps they should be in. Right. And one is the high fat, low protein, ketogenic group. Method, protocol, whatever. And one is the high protein, low fat, PSMF style of doing keto. These two things, if you've heard people talking about the 80-20 fat to protein, and you've heard people talking about you don't need more than 50 grams of protein ever, you should be, I mean, excuse me, you, you should never have more than 50 grams of fat, meaning right. you need to be low fat, all, all lean, the time. Yeah. lean proteins, don't add any fat to anything. And then you have the other group that's all fat all the time, drink your butter, don't eat any real meat. Yeah. These two camps are the Ex- extremes. extremes. Nobody needs to live in, in either, either of those. No. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. If you could see our faces right now, guys, <laughs> we hear these, we see these discussions and we hear people all the time and there are, uh, let's talk about context. Okay. So, well, okay. First well, that's of all, what brought up context that's what because brought up context. we kept seeing this and we were like, nobody understands how to apply things to their own context and right. they want to jump from, and the worst part is jumping from one extreme to another. I've been doing 80, 20 and it's not working. So I'm cutting all the fat out and I'm going all, all PSMF. Or I've been doing really high protein and no fat and I can't digest anything and I can't have a bowel movement. And now I'm going to go 80, 20, 20 all the way. Yeah. And there's no in between, and people are living. And this is the this is the issue. People are living in the extremes, yes, and not finding what actually works. There's a big, big difference. And there's this aversion to wanting to live anywhere in the middle, right? Well, because everyone, it's the cool thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The hot new the thing. The hot new thing is PSMF, and that's apparently now getting old because now everybody's now, doing the eighty twenty. That's the way to go everywhere, right? Trends 
will keep you in the same spot, i.e. not going anywhere <laughs> for the rest of your life, guys. Hamster wheel. You cannot base your success on trends. It just doesn't no. work. The basics will win every single friggin' time. I said friggin'. You did. You're still watering down. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we haven't gotten that real here yet. Oh, my gosh. I haven't dropped an F-bomb yet either. No, no. It'll take us some time. I think we know we're on right Yeah, right. We'll be like four episodes in and then one of us will slip. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, okay. So, let's talk talk about each of those extremes. So, number one, I think the the thing with the... The issue with both of them is I think many people don't understand either one. So let's break both of them down. I love that. Okay. Okay. Great. So let's talk about the PSMF. What in you, I like how you talk about PSMF. Um, the biggest thing that we see is that people do it too much. Yes. So what, so let's talk about PSMF first and then we can talk about the 8020. Okay. So first of all, as we said, PSMF is an extreme protocol. It is an extremely low calorie, low energy, mm-hmm. fuel calories, as Bronson calls Love them. Love it. Love it. Very low in fuel energy calories, which means you are eating practically all protein. Yep. And very little fat, whatever fat comes with that protein, whatever carbs come with that protein. We're talking chicken and egg whites and shrimp lots and of egg whites and shrimp just, and yeah yeah not a very appetizing not enjoyable unless you make a psmf <laughs> everything that's not real food with with with, with sweeteners sweeteners that just because they don't have flavoring. calories don't yeah because that doesn't affect right they don't okay the so story. there's a lot of legs to this because <laughs> there's a lot of legs that's just, a good way to say it this is <laughs> What you just brought up is, yeah, this is dangerous for disordered eating. Yes. Uh, This could certainly become a living on very nutrient poor foods that are still hyper palatable because you're creating these baked goods that are mimicking highly palatable junk foods. Right. Now, they're high protein, but that's all they're high in. They're not high in nutrients. That's a huge thing people need to understand. Yes. The Doing, PS, doing foods that are, one, fake. <laughs> okay. The, and normally I say the more processed you go, the more, the less nutrient dense you get. Okay. Right. I'm going to say the more fake you go, the more you try to replicate good tasting food. Yes. With food that is not whole yep. and natural, the further away from nutrition you get. Yes. So PSMF is not just a low calorie, yes. not just a low energy, but it is low, low nutrients. nutrients. And that's the biggest issue there is, and when you think about it, the leaner you go in your protein sources, the leaner you go in your meats, for instance. Yep. Now we're getting into the chicken and the turkey and the egg whites. Which you have a war on and the shrimp. anyways. So. It's because it is the least nutrient-dense animal pr- food that you can consume. Yeah. And you when you're when you're saying oh fat is evil, essentially, when you're doing this PSMF, 
then you're taking all of the nutrient dense options off the table. Well, see, and here's the here's the 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 part that is it's like the truth within the lie. Okay? okay. Because the idea of managing fuel to improve body composition is a fact. It's solid. That's what happens. Yep. Taking that to the extreme of all of your food just becomes a macro and not nutrition. No micros. So There's now no we're micros, looking at right? all we're only the macros. Out. We're just looking at micros. Yep. And now we're, do, we're looking at our food purely for fat loss. Yep. Purely yep. for body composition, not for health. And, and you guys know how I feel about focusing on fat yes. loss, body composition, or health. Focus Absolutely. on health and metabolic function every time, which means nutrition. Yep. First. And you can do both at the same time yes, if you're absolutely. not being extreme with it. Exactly. The other issue with this is um, like we, most of us know about the Minnesota starvation um, mm. study, which was like, you know, they could never do it again today, right? No. So they starved these men and these men started dreaming about food, plotting and scheming. It's, it is creating a disordered relationship with food right. when you're removing all of the fuel that is fueling your brain and your body. It's cognitive as well as physiological. So you're impairing yourself cognitively. Now you're developing this. this no wonder on PSMF you get obsessed with recreating baked goods. Yeah. Because now you're becoming obsessed with, with food, food because all your you body is food. starving. Yeah. You are it's a starvation diet. Yeah. It is a star- starvation yes. diet, pure and simple. Nothing complicated about that. Here's the way Bronson asked me at, at the beginning, how do you do it effectively and appropriately? Okay, first of all, not everyone should be doing this. Not anyone needs to do this. Thank you. I was gonna say I don't no one. It's never say, necessary. It is never necessary. PSMF is a tool that people are using. That does not mean it is a tool anyone should be using. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. The period. You can use it very carefully and strategically in certain circumstances. It is a fine line. However, walking the edge. I would not recommend it for anyone anybody. ever. Anybody. Anybody. No. It's a quick way to lose fat. It's exactly. a quick way to get into disordered eating. And, it's a quick way to starve yourself. And it's what does everyone want? Screw up your metabolism. Everyone wants fast. Right. Everyone quick wants fast. Weight loss. But guess what happens when you lose it fast? Yep. You put it on faster. And then you think you have that's the only way to do it. And then you get stuck into looking for other ways to do it fast. Yes. Right. And then you get into a whole cycle of now here's the there's biggest no, danger. There's no Balance. The, <laughs> yep, we're getting into it. <laughs> we just pushed him over the edge a little bit, folks. Here's the biggest danger with PSMF. When you are now doing it too frequently, yep. which I would say is any more than once a week. Because if you do it more, it's going to make you lose more fast. Well, right? that's the thing is people hatch on, latch onto this and it's okay. Well... The, the effective way to do it is one to two days a week tops, not consecutively, not two days in a row, not a whole week at a time, every single day, once or twice a week separated by at least one, preferably two or three days of your regular normal caloric deficit or, what, or, or maintenance or wherever you are right. in your plan, which hopefully you have a good plan. But most people are just... 
Don't well, go out on the internet that's trying That's a whole things. other place. This so, is supposed to fit within a larger scheme of, to be, of yes. program and method. And most people just eat whatever the crap they want. And then they PSMF three days in a row. And the second they and, see this mm-hmm. out there, they just, this becomes a lifestyle. Right. So the problem with this becoming a lifestyle, the problem with doing this consistently and consecutively over multiple days and weeks at a time is your metabolism is going to adapt. You are starving yourself. You are purposely over um, starving yourself, I suppose. Over, what am I trying over, to say? You have too deep of a deficit. You're, yeah. you're dropping your calories. This is nothing, you're, you're your nothing different your than the old, the old 500 calories or 1,000 calories right. a day diet or the HCG diet, similar kind of concept. You're just starving yourself. So what happens when you are forcing your body to live on less calories over an extended period of time, your body says, oh, we're going to die if we, if our metabolism stays strong and roaring and, and it's going well, we have this great metabolic rate. And then all of a sudden we're cutting the supply. Right. The metabolic rate has to slow down to keep you alive. It's a survival well, so, mechanism. Yeah. And here's the thing, particularly if you're overdoing it. Yes. Okay. Your body doesn't want to burn amino acids for fuel. Well, you guys have heard me talk about fuel Protein. calories versus functional calories. When you're doing PSMF, particularly if you're overdoing it, your body's going to get to a point where it doesn't have a choice. When you start burning amino acids for fuel, everything about your health goes the opposite direction that it needs to be going, period. Yep. You're now catabolizing you're now your ca- lean tissue. Your lean tissue. Your body's eating itself. Your body's eating itself. Your metabolism is going the wrong direction. All of your other functions, your hormones, your immune system, digestive everything. We're not talking about autophagy, way. folks. We're not talking yeah. about the good kind of cell regeneration. We're no. talking about starvation. Yeah. So. Okay. So PSMF is off the table. Yeah. For us, at least. I, I don't, I cannot think of anyone I've ever worked with where I would say you should probably do PSM. No, I've never recommended it. Not even bodybuilders, not no, even people who are trying to get not. to 5% body fat and per stage. There's no need for that. I have personal experience with this, folks. This was okay. Now PSMF is getting hot and, and exciting, but this was seven years ago. Yep. My first prep. Yep. The original, the OG, Lyle McDonald's Rapid Fat Loss Handbook. He went into detail about PSMF. I was able to read about all of the precautions and who should not do it and when you shouldn't do it, how to do it right. And I, like many of you, thought, if I do it more, I'm not going to be ready. This is my very first show. I had no idea what I was supposed to look like coming into a show. I I did not have a coach yet. It was just me doing, oh my gosh, all the groups I'm in with first time competitors and nobody has a coach and they're all just trying to piece together things to do. That's where I was. I was like, Oh, I'm going to try this PSMF thing. Cause I don't think I'm going to be ready for stage. I did it for six days in a row. I hated life. I hated life. I snapped at everyone I loved. I cursed my family out yep. the day of the show. I was starving. Not only that, but I couldn't digest anything. Yep. My bowel movements stopped completely. It was it was a complete and total mess, mess. wreck. Yeah, and I, and I'll say I don't know if I would call it PSMF, but I did something similar to the protocol with higher protein, much lower fat. I think I was down to 70, 75 grams of fat for me. 
at the time. And I did that for months. That's really low for you. For months. Okay. Because I thought the same thing, the low, I, I mean, I still, and it's still, again, this is with the truth within a lie. If you manage your fuel consumption, you can manage your body, your body composition. So the low, the, the lower the fat goes, the more fat I'll use the my better. body and I'll get yep. lean. I got lean as hell, right? I was fucking miserable. <laughs> Here we go, folks. Okay. Not the seal. Absolutely miserable. Yeah. You're probably miserable even to be around. Eating, yeah, was, even though I'm eating a crap ton of protein, I'm eating food. I'm feeling full physically, but mentally, all I could do was think of food. And I'm thinking to myself, after a couple months of this, I'm thinking to myself, the whole reason I went carnivore was so that I wouldn't be obsessed with food. Wow. What am I doing wrong? Not the whole reason, but one of the main reasons was like, I, I just... I see these people and they're always just worried about what they're eating. And I'm like, I just want to freaking eat and be chill with food. I got other things to worry about. And that and it is was the best thing about opposite. carnivore. It was a complete opposite. When you do it right. Yeah. All I could think about was food. So yeah. we're speaking from experience, guys. Not only do we know a little bit about nutrition and fitness and we think PSMF just on the, the information that we have available, but we've kind of lived it. Yep. And we know that it's not a place that you want to be. No. You don't need no. it. You don't need it. Not at all. Absolutely. So let's talk about the other side of it. The 80-20, yeah. all the fats. Oh my gosh. All the fats. Okay. What's so... the context around that? So, okay. So we're talking about context. Yep. The context for using PSMF, there is none. <laughs> well, okay. Let's, let's entertain it, right? Okay. All right. Let's the context it. for using PSMF. Play devil's advocate. If you well, wanted to, why would you want to? Okay, some why of the things you? that Lyle McDonald pointed out in yep. the book was essentially the two times he would say, okay, try it. One, you have a lot of weight to lose for a weight loss surgery. You need mm. to be ready for the date of your surgery. It has to happen fast. They will not clear you for surgery until you've lost a significant right. And it's not like something you can, like, I can reschedule for three months from now. It's like, no, yes. this is, you need to get this ASAP. And at that point, if you're at the point where you're getting weight loss surgery, it's likely that you are morbidly obese. You're in a situation where you have a lot of excess body fat right. on your body for your body to live on. Right. Now, so it's re- not going to threaten your life. This is an interesting point that you're bringing up about PSMF because it's going to apply in the next conversation. Oh, beautiful. I love it. You know where I'm going with that, right? <laughs> I think so. Okay. Yeah. So cut out the fat to lose fat really fast. Yeah. Yep. Is what is what is, is, is if That's you need to for a surgery, something like that. Yes. Now, okay. that's the carbs and the fat. Carbs right. and fat, right. Cut out all the, all the fuel. You're cutting out all the fuel and you're just, it's rabbit, it's rabbit starvation is what they called it, right? And you can't, once again, subsist on that for a long period of time. So once again, in his handbook, he talked about the duration. This mm-hmm. is not months. Right. Even in that situation, this is not months. This was, I believe it was the same thing that Maria Emmerich talks about, a couple days a week. Mm-hmm. And I think his was like, if you're going to do it consecutively, you could do it for five days, six days, and then take a break and then you can go back to it. But still, this is not, even in that- Not a lifestyle. It is not a lifestyle. It is not something to be doing consecutively over weeks and months. Right. The other time he said to do it or- Okay, do it with caution because he had, of course, a, a whole of bunch caution, of right? disclaimers, uh, disclaimers in there. 
is competitive athletes with a show date who are not going to be ready and are competing at the top of your sport. So now you've already got skin in the game. You've been in this for, you know what you're doing. You're getting paid by somebody to do this. And you have a coach who's guiding you through this to do it properly. Um, And you have a date on the calendar. You've got a lot of money invested into it. You probably have sponsors. Everything's riding on this. And you did not do your prep correctly. Yeah, it's an oops. I've totally screwed it up. Even in that situation, (laughs) this is not something that athletes should even be relying on. This is an emergency situation. Yep. So those are the only two times, really. All right. Well, and I don't think anyone listening to this falls in either of those. Hopefully falls in either of those two categories. Okay. So we covered PSMF fairly yeah. well, I think. No, I think the perfect bridge yep. into the 80-20 conversation is something that you shared the other day. Oh, no. When people are saying, increasing my fats mm-hmm. made me have the results I wasn't having on high protein, what is your response to that? Coach Bronson. What did I say? The other, now I'm thinking more or less about specifically answering that question. But what did I say before? You said in context, uh-huh. that person was not eating enough. Oh, eating enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For their goals. So, yeah. So when we hear, I'm thinking about the posts that I've seen the last yes. few, the last week by some, anywho. Um, when in general you see people saying... Go high fat. If you're Go not losing more. weight, eat, eat more it's fat. More. Well, it's not just fat. It's eating more in general is what I, I think that response was more just, I started eating more and now I'm leaner. Yep. It's like, what? Yep. Okay. So you were eating the enough to land, You with? see this a lot with fat. It's it eat more fat, eat, eat more, more fat. fat. Yeah. Go eat a stick of butter. Like for those of us who are educated in nutrition. Yes. It's a facepalm moment because it's like we know that there is no mechanism in your body where ingesting an additional 200 calories, 400 calories, 800 calories purely from fat every day is going to make you lose fat. Right. It's not going to happen and that can, way. And maybe after we talk about the 8020, we can talk about refeeds mm-hmm. because there is some stuff there. But yes. again, in context. In context, intermittent doesn't happen every day. It's not yep. a lifestyle. It is a tool. Um, and the, that's a whole different thing. And it's not. And it's not for everyone. Not everyone needs to do it. It's not the refeed that's making you lose the fat right. in those circumstances. It's, it's when you put in a refeed and you lose weight after you put in a refeed, it's not the calories from the refeed that made that happen. There's another mechanism happening there and we can talk about that. Yeah. So the 80-20 eating a lot of fat in order to lose fat um, comes from a lot of different places. I mean, that's the traditional, everyone thinks keto is high fat (laughs) because we got to be in ketosis. And (sighs) okay. Um, Okay. So let's first start by you can be in ketosis and not lose body fat. Uh, what? And you, you can, can lose body fat. And not be in ketosis. <laughs> yep. yep. Mr. Rebob. So the idea, and I think this is, it comes from a good place. And here's, this is, this is the other thing. Both PSMF and the 80-20 and, and having, going high fat, getting in ketosis and staying in ketosis 
are, those are both coming from good places. I think I really think honestly that yes, where those the sources of information for these types of protocols are coming from are good intentions. So we're not talking about anything about the sources. We're talking about the information in context. Okay. Exactly. We want you to understand how to apply it, how it affects real life. Cause that's how it affects real life. Absolutely. Okay? So the high fat being in ketosis, taking ketones, all that kind of stuff. The idea is improve mitochondrial performance, which will improve how your metabolism performs and help you burn body fat. It's really simple. The more healthy your mitochondria are, the less unhealthy you are. And the healthier you are, the better your whole body functions. And the more your body composition will change, etc. Now, there's a there's a couple of things about that that on the surface that sounds friggin' great. That's awesome. Um, we're gonna go to my car analogy. Okay, okay. here we go. So yeah. That's what that the what that's the equivalent of doing is putting the right fuel in your car. Boom. Your car is going to function better if you put the right gas in your car. If you have a sports car and you're putting the cheapest freaking octane <laughs> gas that you can put in it, that car is not going to perform well. Not long term. Not long term, right? It's going to get all gunky. It's going to have a bunch of crap in there. You're going to take it to the mechanic and he's going to like, dude. You're putting 80 octane. You need to put 97 in here. Let's go. What are you doing? Right. And then he's going to clean it all out for you. He's going to put the, you're going to put the right fuel in there and your car is going to be like a whole new car. For a while. He didn't do anything to the car. Right. He just, you just started putting the right fuel in. Which so is a car, big piece of the puzzle. But it's a big, it's a big piece. You need to have the right fuel. Now, here's what happens though. At some point in time, if you do 80, 20, you're going to see some improvement. You're going to see some uh, your mitochondria is going to improve their health. You're going to see more energy. You're going to see some fat loss initially. Okay. You're going to see some of the benefits because that's just how your body works. You're working off of cleaner fuel. So you're less inflammation, less oxidative stress, better recovery, more energy, less um, uh, symptoms of inflammation. So if mm-hmm. you have psoriasis or gut issues or I mean, all these, all of these issues, things all will start reasons. to go away. Yep. People come to keto. You're still going to be at an above average level of those same issues because you are still over consuming fuel. Yep. Okay. I want you guys to think about this. Okay. I just thought of something with your car analogy. Yeah. I mean, do we just keep overflowing the gas tank? That's exactly right. Do we stand there and just let the gas just run out of the car? Right. Why would we do that? Exactly. And here's the thing. Many people have been doing that with the wrong gas. Yes. And now they're doing it with the right gas. That's right. Before keto, most of us were over consuming sugar. Right. So we had all this extra glucose in the blood, which is unhealthy and causes all the problems. Well, guess what, folks? If you over consume excess ketones in the blood, long term chronic condition of excess ketones is not healthy either. It may not do the exact same thing that the bad fuel did. It does. It's 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 more insidious. But thyroid issues, testosterone mm-hmm. issues, um, uh, sex binding. Uh, I always say this wrong. Um, <laughs> sex hormone binding. Sex binding, binding, binding go- globulin. Go- blah blah blah. Globulin. Whatever. There's a couple other issues that happen yeah. when we're in ketosis all the time. 
It, it was it never intended. It's it was, not intended to be. Yeah, it's never intended and, to and be. And that's where we talk about being ketogenic versus being in ketosis. So in case anyone's wondering, when we're talking about being in ketosis and why this is a problem, the definition of ketosis, you ready for this, guys? It's really simple. Excess ketones in the blood. Boom. That's it. That is all it is. Okay? 0.3 millimoles. And guess what? There's no magic uh, difference between 0. 0.3, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.4, right? It's, <gasps> what? It, it doesn't change the fact that our body is utilizing fat. That's what we want. That's what ketogenic is. We want to be ketogenic. We don't need to be in ketosis. Right. And most people who are coming from an insulin resistant place need to get their body to learn how to utilize fat for fuel. Right. And that is the key. And getting in ketosis, getting those those excess ketones in there, basically force feeding your body fat fatty acids so that it can be like, I don't have a choice. I have to learn how to do this Yep. for a period of time is, is absolutely fine. Yep. It's necessary. But over time, but then. Right. And it's only an issue if you're over consuming it. Right. It's not an issue if you're eating the appropriate amount of fuel for your body's needs. Right. We want, and this is the whole key of what we talk about not going to extremes. You need enough to fuel your hormones, to fuel your brain, to yeah. make sure that you are in optimal health and wellness. You don't want to under-consume fuel so that you're struggling, your body's struggling to run all of its processes. You don't need to top off the gas tank every time you've driven a mile down the road. Right. When you go to the store, you don't need to stop at the, you fill up your tank, you go to the store, you don't need to fill up your tank again before you get home. (laughs) Right. Like it doesn't make sense. And here's here's another thing to think about. You can become fat adapted without being in ketosis. Right. So we're not even talking about just living your life, but the the adding ketones to your initial start of your journey, the start of your fat adaptation, the start of you changing into this new lifestyle is beneficial. It can, it be beneficial. can make the transition, it can make the transition smoother. smoother because what you're doing essentially is you are being ketogenic means that your body is pulling fat out of your out of your adipose tissue, converting it into ketones, and then burning the ketones. Okay. That process doesn't work well for you right now. Okay. Yep. yep. Ingesting ketones allows your body to skip the conversion step and go straight to burning ketones. Boom. Yeah. Okay. It's like giving yourself a uh, energy shot. Yeah. It's like giving yourself a head start on the yeah. process. Okay. So here's the deal though. It makes the transition easier. That doesn't mean it's how you have to stay. Yep. Okay. And here's the thing I would, in some cases I have people who I just say, look, dude, just stop eating carbs and you'll be fine. Increase your electrolytes. It's the electrolytes. And you'll be fine. That, right. It's basically yeah. it, the electrolytes, the electrolytes is the biggest thing. I would say that the idea, the idea that ingesting ketones to get into ketosis to help your transition and improve mitochondrial health is a, I don't, I want to stop short of saying fallacy because it is a thing, Mm -hmm. but it's a, in many cases, unnecessary step. It's a bandaid. It's a bandaid. 
Yeah. Um, that's that could be a way to say it. Now here's the deal. Footbridge. For the application with the source, look at the source of this mm-hmm. idea, current idea, the 80-20, where that's coming from. The focus from that context, the source's context, is getting people out of the danger zone as fast as possible. Yeah. Okay. I'm dealing, and and I've talked and had conversations and it's, it's, I'm dealing with people who have been ketogenic or have been trying to go, they've cut out carbs. They haven't produced a ketone in three weeks because they are so metabolically unhealthy that even though they haven't had carbs, they, their body is so unfamiliar with being ketogenic that they just won't make ketones. So they have to produce, they have to ingest ketones in order for their body to start healing itself. Right. Right. So that's the kind of concept that's applied. Clarify what you mean by ingesting ketones. Are you talking about an exogenous ketone supplement? Okay. Yeah. So you're not talking about dietary fats. No, I'm talking about ketone supplements. Thank you. Okay. Because there's two sides of this coin. Correct. Well, it that, wouldn't be any different. That's a whole other thing because then that. That is one of them. But right. what I see right. out there mostly when people are talking about 80-20, yep. they're just talking about eating a shit ton of fat. Yeah. And barely eating any protein. Right. And I just saw one today. It was, how do you all do this? I'm guzzling ghee and right. I'm not eating a real food. Right. Like I can barely eat any whole piece of anything. Correct. Because the protein is quote unquote too Correct. high, and I try, and I'll be honest with you guys, it, it, there are often when I'm in conversations with people, I've done interviews recently where people are talking about this and answering questions for people because I have a lot of respect for the source of where this is coming from. I have a lot of respect. I mean, we might as well just say it. I love Dr. Boz. She is fucking amazing. She's one of our. She's favorite one of people. her favorite people ever. I wish I could live next door to her <laughs> and just hang out with her all the time. We're going to try to make that happen. Uh, right. right. We're moving the table, <laughs> damn it. Um, but there is, when I'm talking to people, because I don't want to come off as I'm against Dr. Baez. I don't think she knows what she's talking about. She's right. one of the smartest people. Oh my gosh. And has like her clinical practice, she's helping thousands oh of gosh. people. I love it. Um, I do think that there is context yep. where she is so specifically focused on literally, and, and we, we've, I've had, I sat down with her at KetoCon. We talked oh, for, for almost two hours, hours sitting on a bench outside <laughs> and just going through all this stuff. I, yeah. It was amazing. She's a wonderful person. Um, but she is literally coming from a place of she's helping the people who are in the worst condition. Yes. And this is the context I try to bring to my clients when I get this question from my clients. Yeah. My clients are not Dr. Boz's demographic. Exactly. They are exactly. not who she's working with. You know, I'm working with women who want to change their body composition, change their body shape, yep. lose body fat and put on muscle. And that protocol is not a body composition, body recomposition protocol. No, it is a... Medical intervention. Yes. Yes. And here's the th- and here's where I was where I was going with the in interviews and talking with people. People ask me about it. Like I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I've got this immune order. I've got this. I got that. Okay. If you were not so far metabolically unsound that you can be ketogenic without exogenous ketones, then you don't, don't need exogenous ketones. Yes. You don't need high fat. Okay. Now it's not. Helping you. Right. Right. Sorry. Being ketogenic 
letting your body produce its own ketones is what you need to be doing. Now, how about what's the difference between exogenous ketones and dietary fat? What is it? Tell us. When, when what's the secret? <laughs> well, when you're talking about 80-20, right. you can do it without exogenous ketones. Correct. You just eat high right? fat. You eat high fat. However, as Bronson explained earlier, when you're eating the high fat, it has to be, it converted, has to be converted. It's still ketogenesis. To so this is a step in the in the right direction. Let's mm-hmm. say you start out, your body's not producing any ketones. You're not getting into nutritional ketosis. Yep. Your body's not getting into a state of ketosis. You use the exogenous ketones at the beginning to get ketones into your body. So your body starts recognizing that as fuel. What should then be the next step is your body starts to learn how to produce its own ketones from dietary fat and body fat. Now, when you are ingesting 80%. 80%. Well, there's a, oh, something else just popped in my head. Okay. We'll talk about it. But when you're, okay, I'm not even going to just say 80%. When you're ingesting more dietary fat than what your body needs for fuel or that your body can readily convert into fuel, it will be stored as body fat. Yes. Just like excess carbs will be stored as body fat. Same thing. So this seems to be a misconception in this space as if this fat you put in your body is only going to be burned. No, it can be stored. Well, here's the, and here's the double-edged sword of that. You're also reducing protein. Yes. Which means you're reducing protein thermic effect. Yes. You're reducing muscle protein synthesis. You're reducing your body's metabolic function. Yes. Okay, because which what means drives, less things are happening in your body. You, you're, what drives your metabolic rate? Protein and lean mass. Lean mass. Muscle drives metabolism. Yes. So if you are not eating enough protein, we can talk about the other stuff about lean mass, but if yeah. you're not eating enough protein to support a healthy metabolism, then you are not going to benefit from any, let's say you could benefit from extra fuel because you have a good metabolism, you're dropping your metabolic rate. And, and this is this is the thing. Here's what I want everybody so the doing. the same thing we talked about with PSMS. Exactly. That's where I'm going with this. Exactly. I love you. Okay. <laughs> so I, this is what I want you guys to do. If you're PSMF and you're doing it more than you should be, if you're 80-20 and you're doing it more than you should be, I'll just say that. <laughs> Get on a scale that can give you your BMR and track your BMR. Ooh. If your BMR is going down, you are not doing what you need to be doing to improve your quality of life. Yes. And here's the other piece that we always say. Whatever you're doing to lose the weight, you you're going to, to have to keep doing to, to the keep weight. the weight off. So if you want to live on PSMF, or 80-20, in both cases, you're not eating quality nutrient-dense foods because, right. let's be real, one, you're either eating, eat, you're eating frankenfoods that you're creating from egg whites, or you're eating butter with no real nutrients. nutrients. It's got some fats, but here's the thing, and here's something else that I did some research on recently that I want to say before I forget, is mm-hmm. a lot, there's a big misconception that there's new, a lot of nutrients in fat. Yeah, no. Okay. Fat holds on to toxins in our body. Yes. 
it does not hold nutrients in the food that we eat. So if you think you're getting a lot of nutrition from fat, nope. you're not. You are getting fat that can be used to help your body digest soluble uh, nu- vitamins, vitamins from the meat. Yeah, fat but it's soluble not vitamins coming from the fat. Right. So it's coming from the whole again, food. Here's the thing that incorporates like the protein. Right. The whole food. The whole food. That's what. So again, correlate to PSMF. Yep. It is. The, the difference is, right? PSMF oh, yeah. is low calorie, low nutrition. Yep. And 80-20 is high, high calorie, calorie, low, low nutrition. nutrition. <laughs> it's true. It really is. Because right? first of all, if you have the fats without the vitamins, you can't get the vitamins. Right. So If you have the proteins without the fat, you, can't get you the don't vitamins. get the vitamins right. in those foods. And you're getting proteins that aren't real nutritious to begin with so that's what i mean is they're they're not coming with those vitamins and minerals um so yeah it's either way you're cutting the nutrition out of it right and you will end up malnourished exactly either with too much fuel and too much body fat on your body putting on more body fat or you're starving the body fat off of you along with muscle yep because it's very similar to fasting yep Despite what you might hear about it being muscle sparing or protein sparing. Don't even get me on the whole freaking protein sparing thing. <laughs> Everything's is, freaking protein sparing. Yes. Any nutrient, any macronutrient is so protein is, sparing. All of it. Everything you eat is protein sparing, people. Yeah. So this Enough whole of idea of, of PSMF, the, just even the title of it drives me crazy. Yeah. Well, it's protein sparing because you're eating protein. You're so eating, it's going to spare yeah. protein. Well, it's going to use yeah, the protein guess what? you're eating Carbs for fuel. spare protein too. Right. Fats spare protein too. Yeah. But you need to have the protein with the fats in, order in the benefit. proper. Now, we don't use ratios with our clients. So I'm, you are so in my head. <laughs> I, that was what I wanted to talk about earlier. We were talking about like the, oh, the whole 80-20 Okay, well then what's the perfect ratio? Right, the whole 80-20 thing, yeah. right? Stop thinking about, going back to the car analogy, okay? Yeah. If you're looking at your nutrition like at with percentages, right. if you're looking at nutrition with percentages, you're doing it wrong. Yep. Because, again, there's no context to those percentages. Yep. Percentage of what? <laughs> How many calories? How much fuel? How much protein? What am I doing? What's my goal? It's just 80% 80 of what you need to eat has to be fat. Okay, what the hell does that mean? How much do I eat? Most of the confusion out there, that's what I'm seeing. It's like, what does this look like? How do I know? Exactly. So here's, here's a little tip, guys. When you go to the mechanic and tell him you need to do a tune up, you don't tell him I need 80% oil or 80% gas and 20% fuel. He's going to look at you like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you go in and you in the mechanic puts in what the car needs. needs. And the amount of oil you put in the car has nothing to do with how much gas you put in the car. <laughs> they are separate because they are used completely differently. Oh my differently. gosh, I love that. Okay? That That's so how you sense. need to fuel your body and give your body the things it needs. Figure out how much fuel energy you need. How many fuel calories do I need? And I do this with what I call the maximum energy threshold. Okay. I test on myself. Be okay with your own experimentation, folks. 
I well, test you need on to do you your own. Me, right? I test on myself. If I eat a hundred and and here's I know this because I've done the testing over about four or five weeks. If I eat about 170 to 175 grams of fat every day, I will maintain my body fat. I won't gain fat. I won't lose fat. I won't gain fat. If I go to 180 or 185, I will start to put on fat. If I go to 160 to 165 or lower, then I will start to lose fat. You mean you actually test by like... 10, 5, 10 grams at a time? Five, only 5 or 10 grams at a time. You're, not like, you're not like cutting right? your fats in half and then no, doubling them no, to no, test no. it out? No, no. Oh, this is why what a concept. This is why taking time and not trying to rush the process is important. This is and not jumping from one extreme to another it, it, either. Not extremes. Right? Oh, and while you're... Um, Putting increasing your fat or decreasing your fat. Do you also cut your protein in half? No. Do you double I don't your protein? Touch my protein. What? Okay? If you're looking <laughs> at body composition, if you're looking at trying to manage your fuel, your fat on your body, because everyone's lose fat, right? Yep. The first thing, guys, you have to start with is give yourself enough protein to support your metabolic function. We both start with protein with our start clients first. Start with protein first. Okay. And not a ratio. General rule of thumb that I like to use is one gram per pound of lean mass. And I love one gram per pound of body weight. Make it nice and yeah. simple. Which is in many cases better because yeah. it's probably more. More. Yeah. And more protein is always it's better than less. Bad. It's never bad. Don't ever worry about overeating protein. Oh, we okay? could do a whole, a whole discussion on gluconeogenesis. Protein. Right. And okay. why you don't have to fear it. Right. So, okay. So we had a base for, for protein. We yep. know what we're doing for protein. I can leave my protein where it is. I don't change my protein. Grams, people. Okay. Focus on grams. It has nothing to do. I don't adjust my protein based on how much freaking fat. Nope. Because I'm not looking at total calories. I'm not looking at percentages. I'm not looking at ratios. And how do you do an experiment? Slowly. You, ch- you change one variable at a at time. At a time. Oh my God. You don't just change everything and right. then now you have no idea what's actually working. Right. That's my other pet peeve I see with people who saying, just, yeah. oh, I was doing high protein and then I switched to high fat. Now I'm now everything's better. It's like, well, right. well, how, much well how do we know what even right. worked there? Because you changed multiple things at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So ratios or percentages, guys, basically to say. Don't do it that way. <laughs> Give your body what it needs. Your protein intake has nothing to do with your fuel intake. And both they of don't, us have don't need spoken to be married together. about this at length. In my group for women only, um, sorry guys, you'll have to go over to Coach Bronson. Um, <laughs> his group has both. But in my group, I do master hey, I got my ladies too. <laughs> you do? Hey, we have a lot of the same ladies. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, in my group, I do master classes every Monday night and we do different topics. And I did a whole protein master class, a whole fats master class, a whole carbs master class, macros yep. master classes. So you can actually go in there and see, okay, how do I actually calculate what is correct for me? And mm-hmm. I explain how not to rely on calculators and yep. how to use your own body and actually learn what you need, not relying on some app or some online calculator to tell you better than you can tell yourself. Yeah. And, and Bronson has done extensive, extensive YouTube's on this. And Your book, book goes has, into this. Yeah, it's all there. 
So you can go to our resources to find out how to do this for you so that you're not going to extremes. But bottom line, don't jump on these extremes just because you're hearing about it and everybody's talking about it and it sounds good. No matter what your goal is, if your ultimate, if the ultimate vision for your life is just living better, living longer and living more physically free. Fully present right. in your life, able to show up in your life for the people that you love, for yourself, to fully experience life. Then the only thing you need to do is kind of, I hate to say it this way, but ride the middle. Yes. Find, find your middle Happy medium. that you can sustain that's going to move you forward. And it, the, the faster you try to go, the more off the rail you're going to get. Yep. Yep. Harder it's going to be to maintain it. Like we said, you're going yep. to have to continue doing whatever you did to get there, to stay there. So ask yourself, honestly, am I enjoying this process? Yeah. Because if you're not, you're not going to keep the results. At all. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, guys. That's that's a riff. We're at an hour and 29 seconds. And that was like nothing. Yeah, we could (laughs) could go on forever. So um hopefully you like this one we got more coming and uh send us your ideas yes send us your ideas we'd love to know some things that you guys may have questions on or want to know how we really feel about (laughs) something um anything confusing you or anything pissing you off in the space and you want to know what we think about it yeah the only thing that we do want to make sure we stay away from is we are not going to uh, there are people out there who we are are not dragging anybody through the mud here there are people out there already who are who their mission in life is to debunk and to yeah. call people out on stuff. That is not what we want to do. We want to provide information that is going to help you understand and start learning how to be your own filter. Yes. That you can apply information to to help yourself. Cutting move through the confusion. Yeah. Yes, That's what this absolutely. is about. Absolutely. Cool. Take not being guys. controversial just to be controversial. No, we're being controversial to help educate. Yes. There's a difference. And enlighten. And enlighten. And elevate. We want to teach you guys how to fish. We don't want to be your fishermen. (laughs) Put a fork in it, baby. We're done. Later.